Welcome to the 10 for 10. Alexander. Steven. So, a peek behind the curtain for people that don't know, you and I are related. Yep. Uh, but in our family, we're only related once. That's uh, not always the case with some of our dynamics, but moving along. Um, but the other thing, like, you know, because we're related, I care about you maybe more than I might otherwise. You, You have had... You've had some things going on this week, some pretty, some exciting, some stressful. And I just want to check in, like, with Zach Wilson being benched, like, how's your bobblehead business doing? Dude, not good. <laughs> it's really bad, actually. Uh, I may, if any of you know anybody, I have a lot of Zach Wilson figurines that I need to unload quickly. GameStop officially went to $2, buy one, get two free. So I bought more. But they can only go up from here, right? Like maybe, see, I think you've got to get the target audience right. I think you've got to get like the the mother crowd, like in their late 30s, early 40s, and kind of target them with like their little Zach Wilson stuffies, and you could probably make a killing then. Well, so here's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So technically I haven't gotten the shipment yet because they're uh-huh. really waiting on it. So I'm wondering if they really have as many Zach Wilson bobbleheads as I ordered. Like, I do want you to know this is not a joke. I bought a bunch of Zach Wilson bobbleheads or pop figures. So they're coming. It's just been a while. So maybe I can get a refund. Is it a big refund? No, it's $20, but that's a lot of Zach figurines. So you're not being sarcastic. You've actually gone into the Zach Wilson action figure business. I got receipts, bro. How many did you buy? Well, 10 first. <laughs> so At first, there was another trip. Well, well, when I bought them for 10, they were like two bucks each. Then they became $2. Buy one, get two free. Then it could be even a funnier joke for six extra dollars. So. I haven't gotten any yet, but once I do, I might need to find some buyers. So if you guys know anybody, so you said age 30 to 40, some of the older folks. So you said buy two, buy one. So that's like 16, 19. I lost the math thread there. I'm pretty sure 19 Zach Wilson figures. Lucas, what are the odds one through 10? I'm opening up (laughs) Zach Wilson Christmas present in about five weeks. Two months later. That's a, that's an 11, uh, for sure. Dude, um, the real question you should be asking yourself is what is the chance my daughters and wife are going to open up a Zach Wilson bobblehead this Christmas? And that's <laughs> also pretty high. <laughs> that's disappointing, Lucas, because jokes aside, Alex is a fantastic gift giver, so this really would destroy an otherwise glorious streak of his. Oh, come on. That'd be a, that'd be a memory. You'd keep that Zach Wilson figuring forever. That would be like when you give my wife the George H.W. Bush <laughs> autobiography every year. That does entertain me. It's been a couple of years. I'm really stewing on it now. And I'm going oh, to do it this year. You're playing long game here. Yeah. I, I think this time I was going to wait five years. Okay. So don't tell her Ted said that. but I think you should fake sign it. <laughs> like autograph it like to my biggest fan. 
if I could find him and get a picture of me with him autographing it, that would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> that would be the holding your Zach and bobblehead doll for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, could probably, I, like, probably both at the same time. They're probably in the same circles. Right? Zach Wilson. Yeah. yeah. A good family man like George Bush versus, you know, the MILF Hunter. I'm sure they run in the exact same circles. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, 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 got, I got two ideas for those. Okay. One, hear me out here. New league trophy. <laughs> and or number two, once we finally take this podcast video style, we've at least got the beginning of a background for each of us. Oh, there you go. You know how they have paraphernalia in the background behind yeah. them and all this? Well, we'll all at least have one Zach, Zach Wilson figuring behind us. Well, yeah, you said stay with me here, but I I jumped as soon as you brought it up. I didn't have to give it a second thought. This is glorious. This is our staple. Yep. There you go. Every, we got a thing now. Every so good like, podcast needs a stick. So someone's looking forward to Christmas now. There you go. If GameStop finally delivers. They could just be there's probably like some like I like to picture just like one dude exploring this like mile long factory looking for Zach Wilson figurines at a video game store. <laughs> Just spending hours. Just like, where are these? <laughs> you have now given him a quest in life. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. I I don't know how we can top that. That was a great opening, guys. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Previous week's technical difficulties aside, we're we're back, baby. We're we're fully stocked with sound bites. Alex, keep going, man. It's your time to shine. Yeah, what's up? Talk to us a little bit about the uh ineligible man downfield penalty. So what is it and how in the world does a lineman get himself flagged for that? So I kinda okay, that's a good question. So <laughs> This is, no, this actually took me a little bit to get because I was like, whenever I was a lineman, I always really wanted to carry the ball, and I needed to learn to needed to learn like fifty rules why I couldn't. It bummed me out every time, and this was one of them. So basically, and it's different probably from the NFL from high school, but linemen couldn't go five yards downfield unless they were blocking somebody, and the big reason why they did that is they didn't want defenders to have to pull up to guard offensive linemen, right? And, I'm sorry, when you say pull up, what do you mean? So, like, imagine, like, you know, a defensive back that are in, like, a zone or something like that. If you had yeah. a lineman run out that's ineligible, that could confuse them, and they could run at them to try to guard them, even though they're not eligible to catch the ball. So that's the big thing. And the big thing is, too, is you have to understand the difference between, like, an ineligible dude and an eligible dude. So basically, like, they have, there's always going to be five dudes on the line that are ineligible. And, like, they just – the basics of it is that they can't catch the ball, Right. They're not eligible to be pass catchers, and there's, like, a bunch of reasons for that. Like, one, like, um, imagine, like, if a quarterback goes to throw it away, they could just throw it at the feet of a lineman, right? So then that's not intentional grounding. Also, they would always be holding calls because they're in the middle of blocking, so if you try to throw it away, you know what I mean? So they have to name eligible and ineligible people, and so if you have ineligible people run down the field, then that could confuse the defensive scheming because they only have to cover a certain amount of people, but if 12 people can run that way. And that's that's the gist of it. That makes sense? It does. So 
in the pros, then, it seems like that's often a play in a penalty called on a screen pass. Like there what? are there are rules with screen passes. So, like, if it's behind the line of scrimmage, the throw is complete behind the line of scrimmage. Linemen are allowed to go downfield to protect for a screen. So that is a thing, too. So there's different rules depending on, like, the situation, right? So it's an ineligible man downfield only if they throw to a player beyond the line of scrimmage. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, again, it changes. This is, this is me having high school rule knowledge. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. It could be different, but it makes sense in the NFL because you see screen plays and they throw it sideways. That they're, they're fine to be downfield blocking. So, But also, too, they have to be down the field blocking. Sometimes that's okay, too, because if you imagine, like, a play action or, like, they're trying to fake a run and you have a guy running at a linebacker and, like, pushing him back to try to pull people in for the run, that's also eligible, too, because they're blocking that far down. They're not bringing in the defensive unit to guard him. So that's also another kind of a stipulation. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, it does to me. Steve looks really deep in thought. Is it because he's like, wow, Alex, I can't believe you knew that? No, no, Alex, I have. I don't think I've ever – well, I've given you way too much grief in life. But, no, with these offensive line segments, you've done a good job. But, like – Oh, no, I, I don't mean it like that way. Like, you put me down. Like, dang, Alex, look at you. <laughs> No, you've done a good job. Like, um, you watched the Kansas City game last night. There was an ineligible lineman downfield call, or if you did, like, so I'm like, you know, what happened there? Like, it seemed like it was a screen pass, and you're saying on a screen pass you are allowed to go downfield. Is it a timing issue? You have to, like, wait a beat before you go? Like, how do you, if you're a lineman, you don't know what's going on behind you, so there does seem like there's a timing difficulty you've got to be aware of. Yeah. Well, that one I'm not sure because it might be a timing thing or, like, if it was above in front of the call. But I didn't see the play last night, so I didn't actually know what you were referencing in the document. Um, again, I've been kind of busy lately just because a lot of stuff's been going down. But here, let me look up a video of it real quick while you talk, and I'll, I'll find it real quick. Sounds good. I was called on Kansas City for what it's worth. Okay. All right. Well, while he's looking that up, let's move to number two, uh, which is – Highly relevant for this podcast, apparently. So, uh, Zach Wilson not only got benched during the game, uh, this week, but he has now been demoted to third string. Um, I, I hate to keep piling on you, Alex. Uh, Zach Wilson era officially dead and done? No. <laughs> it's coming back. This is just a, this is just a hiccup in his story, you know? He's about to start a new chapter and that chapter is called the comeback. That's what I got to say about that. Steve? I don't know if anybody else saw this, but you know, like when they go, like when they're going to be drafted, the college players are drafted, they go to New York City. I guess it's travels now because the draft is all over the place. Side note, we all need to go to Detroit for the draft this year, but this was back when it was always in New York. And they show those pictures of the first round picks all together. And you just look at Zach Wilson, and he looks like he's almost scared of the guys that he's around. Like, he doesn't know, like, what to do. Like, he's from Mormonville. Um, he's just always looked in over, in over his head. Like, I don't, I don't know how he had a second resurrection. Um, I was going to make a joke there that would not have been okay, so we'll move along. So yes, this is, like, nobody's going to take a chance on him. Like, okay. I, Lucas, here's, here, here's the question for you as I'm trying to work my way through the answer. Right now, I don't even know who our backup quarterback is. Would you want 
Zach Wilson to be your backup quarterback next year? Is that an upgrade for us? Uh, hell no. Uh, I believe uh, Teddy Bridgewater is our backup at the moment. That's right. That's right. Okay, so we would much rather have in Teddy we trust. Yes, absolutely. And we'll Hendon, Hendon Hooker on the bench is his 27-year-old rookie. I still take a uh, 27-year-old rookie over Zach Wilson, yes. All right. So, yeah, I – what a disastrous era. Like, I always wondered if he was going to cry during the Buffalo game. If Zach was going to cry or if Alex was wondering if he himself was going to cry? <laughs> Both. That was pretty brutal. Okay. I got a bonus question here for you, Steve. Oh, boy. The Jets' starter is now, can you name who their starter is? It's Tim Boyle, right? Yeah, former washed-out Lions quarterback. What are your feelings yeah. on that? He wasn't washed out. Well, he's not with them anymore. I mean, was Tim Boyle the guy that had the wife who was like an Olympic sprinter? Or was that the other quarterback? Uh, David uh, Blau. That was David Blau, yeah. Okay. David Blau, that's his name. It's Mr. Hey. Blau. That's right. Thank you. My name again is David Blau. So here's what the takeaway is, fantasy football. (laughs) Stream whoever's playing the Jets. Grab that defense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not not, not good over there, that's for sure. Uh, Number three, Steve, Joe Burrow, surprisingly out for the year. Uh, what's what do you feel the fantasy impact is on uh, those offensive players over there in, in Cincinnati? It can't be good. I mean, I, we saw it. Like, Jamar Chase got bailed out by that touchdown at the very end of the game, but I think he was limited to two catches. Like, Joe Mixon, I think, was good because of volume. They're going to have a lot less volume because they're going to be punting a lot more. And, God bless him, but T. Higgins is like a glass cannon. Like, it seems like he can't even play when he's healthy. And now he's an unrestricted free agent after the year on this offense. Like, I'd be telling my agent and I'd be telling the doctors, oh, my hamstring hurts, shut me down for the rest of the year. So I think with Jamar Chase, what are you going to do? Who? There's no team on our league. I can't imagine any league who's got so much talent that you're debating dropping Jamar Chase. It's just about a busted not getting a return on investment at this point. But I think Joe Mixon is who it's really – Really gonna hurt. Bonus question, Steve. Who who is uh, Cincinnati's uh, now starting quarterback? I do know this. It sounds like David Blau. What is that? It starts with a B. It starts with a B. Last name, right? No, I I, I remember seeing the name, but I honestly don't remember. So I, I'm asking you. I'll look it up. You you don't look it up. Browning. Browning. No. No, who is that? Steve. That's. <laughs> That's is a great maneuver right there. Is there a ghost in this Skype call? I was there pretty sure three of us. Uh, I had to make an entrance. Call. Yeah, that, nice entrance. Nice mic drop. Hey, uh, Alex, how's that video going? Have you found it yet? Man, not good, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll leave you at it. Uh, right. Derek, welcome. Thanks, um, guys. We'll give number four to you here. So Mark Andrews is now likely out for the year. Um, does this change your outlook for Lamar? Uh, no, because uh, Zay Flowers is going to fill in the void. And it seems like the other guy, the other tight end that replaced him, I don't know his name. I know Browning. I don't know this guy's name. But it seems like he was doing a decent job. 
So I think there's enough wide receiver depth that they'll be okay. Lamar will be okay. Yeah, at, at least they're they're not a team that their only good receiver that can actually catch a ball is a tight end, unlike Kansas City last night. So, um, but we'll leave that there. Steve, what about you? I think they're going to be okay. Like I, I agree with Derek's sentiment. But I think my math is more about like I looked it up earlier. It is something ridiculous. Like Gus Edwards has nine touchdowns on sixty-four runs. This year, and Gus ain't hauling it in from the 40-yard line. Gus is getting all this, like, two, three, five-yard action. So eventually Lamar's going to remember, oh, wait, I can throw and run into the end zone, too. So I think the points he wasn't getting there are going to come back. And, I mean, it may cap him for being a top-five QB, but, no, it doesn't do a whole lot to diminish the parade for me. And uh, hopefully Zay Flowers gets to keep some some touchdowns now. (laughs) Stupid refs. Alex, what do you think? Is Lamar in trouble? The only thing I think is that I'm not going to be able to find this video. I'm only good at thinking one, one, good thing, one thing at a time. I apologize. No. So, I thought I just thought I'd give you a shot, you know. That's okay. Yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson, um, he'll be fine. Love it. Number five. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but if I don't perform well at my job, I get fired. Um. Mr. O Canada finally lost his job today, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. So that'll be interesting to see, uh, if, if they turn things around. Uh, Derek, um, you seem to like the Chargers. You like Justin Herbert, maybe be just because he's an Oregon guy, right? But why mm. does Brandon Staley still have a job? Um, he maybe has compromising photos of the owner, um, <laughs> or somebody high up in management. Because um, I thought that maybe he should have been fired after last year's playoff debacle against Jacksonville. And it just seems like things have only gotten worse. And like most of those situations where the coach is doing is angry in a press conference and goes on a rant like that, it's it's just not a good sign. Like some coaches can just get away with that, like the old Mike Ditka or Bill Parcells. But Staley is not in a place where he can go ranting and then it does it goes viral and it just uh it's a very bad look and their defense is really bad and yet he's like doubling down on himself being the play caller. So yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I, I I'm surprised with the recent firings that he still has a job, but I think uh I think it's just a matter of time. Steve. The San Francisco Chargers just have to be penny-pinching owners. Like, there is no reason beyond they don't the, want to have to pay. The who now? Good call. The L.A. Chargers, because okay. they're poor. That's why they went to L.A., apparently. They've got to be penny-pinchers, because they don't want to pay his contract, because ain't nobody else going to hire Brandon Staley to be a coach. So there's going to be no offset there and hire a new coach. But, I mean, this dude just screws up every year, like, He's supposed to be a defensive coordinator, and, like, we ran all over him, which is fine. The Packers had their best game of the year against him. Derek talked about the Jacksonville blowout. That was a, There was the whole debacle from the 21 season, if you guys don't remember. They were playing the Raiders. The Raiders were playing for the tie because both teams could have gotten in the playoffs with the tie the last game of the last of the regular season, and Brandon Staley decides to be a dumbass 
and then it cost the team the playoffs. Like, I don't understand how he has a job. I would have to think most coaches would love to step in a situation with a 26-year-old locked up franchise quarterback and some good players. Like, I don't get it. It just, just so bothersome. So, um, from the page of, uh, pot calling kettle black, um, I found this was quite interesting as, uh, Mr. Rex Ryan eviscerated, uh, Staley, uh, today on, on television. Uh, one of his quotes saying, uh, what do I think of this? I think he should go back to division three football where he belongs. Look at this guy. Look at his resume. I mean, I'm sorry. He spent one year coordinating a team that my wife could coach with Aaron Donald, Donald and all those guys. Stop it. Uh, so that's quite ironic coming from Rex Ryan. Um, but I wouldn't say it, it, it's too far away from the, uh, the accuracy train. What do you think? I'm pretty sure like eight years ago, eight weeks ago, I was like, why does Rex Ryan get to be a color commentator? He sucked as a head coach. So he's both right and a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but better than Staley. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. I would bet $500 that if Alex had taken over this team in 2021, they would be better than 23 and 21. Alex would be likable. He would know how to farm out the jobs. Like, there is just no way. Well, and it would be an upgrade for the offensive line to have Alex running the team. We know he's a, he's a genius when it comes to that part, aspect of the game. So, and Alex would know how to delegate. Um, yeah. I agree. He'd be running the up-downs with the guys. He, he'd be like Coach Campbell. <laughs> Alex. Are you there? I, I'm wondering if we're running into technical difficulties with you. I, oh, I'd love I'm to... muted. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. But, uh, yeah, I, Rex Ryan has one of my favorite coaching moments, though, ever. When, um, there, I think it was on Hard Knocks, and he's like giving this like really hardcore speech. And he's like, we gotta be better! And then he's like, let's go eat a snack! And then like the camera pans behind him, and it has like 4.30 speech, 5 o'clock snack time. And I appreciate it in most sense. And that's my favorite story about Rex Ryan. Um, <laughs> well, Alex, I'm glad you're back because number six, I, I really need you for this one, all right? Yeah, I got you, man. I'm paying attention. You got me. Did Did you watch the Detroit Lions game this weekend? Uh, no, I was driving back to watch the game and the back end of my car split in half. Uh Okay, sorry. I, I know that's a sore spot. We we won't go there. Oh, tough memory. Bring it right back up, Luke. Yeah. Oh, I I apologize. That's that's on me. I did so, get to see the end of it though. Okay, so the Lions keep winning. Now, now, granted, I, I was watching the game, but it was unfortunately secondary to another activity that I was I was doing at the time. Oh and, yeah. Keep and I was just gonna say, Steve, don't go there because that's not what you think it is. Um. So it was on. I was watching, but I wasn't listening. Okay, I was I was playing a D and D session. Sorry, it's the exact opposite of what you're thinking, Steve. Oh uh, yeah. Um. So it's Chicago. They suck. I know Justin Fields is back, but our defense is great, and they just didn't seem to get it going. But lo and behold, they find some way to come back and score. Uh, twice in the final four minutes of the game, I believe it was. I think they were down 13 points with about four minutes to go, 12, 13, something like that. 
find a way to come back, win the stinking game. Now, unfortunately, Kansas City couldn't win Monday night, so they're still the the two seed in the NFC. But um, I'm just kind of setting the table for, for general thoughts here. But I also wanted to play a clip. Now, granted, this is from our own Homer color commentators on the radio and any Homer color commentator and announcers, uh, radio announcers, they're going to go overboard for your home team, right? Like that's what you're looking for. This is not a national game. You're not looking for them to be unbiased or anything, but I think this in general kind of sums up how Lions fans are feeling right now. So this is him calling that the last uh, defensive play of the game here, the, the sack sack safety. First and 10, Bears from their own 25. Fields back, Lions rush four. Fields looking, Hunt. getting it hit. Getting it ball. Ball's loose. Inside the five. It's kicked out of the end zone. That's a safety. That's a safety. The Lions are going to win this game. Aiden Hutchinson knocked it loose. It went out of the back of the end zone. And the Lions are going to lock this one down. What a game. What a game. How how can you not get excited for the Lions, Derek? I I was just waiting to hear the Lions have won the Super Bowl. The Lions have won the Super Bowl, but uh, that was amazing. So and is yeah. this like this is like the this like the Black Swan reversal, right? That they're they're winning these kind of games right now, and like Lions fans are. Upset that the Eagles lost, so they're stuck at the number two seed. I mean, uh, this is, this is a trip. It's awesome. We, we want it all and we want it now, right, Steve? One of the things, just for context, it also makes this video more entertaining for me. I don't know how much you guys listen to Lions Radio, but like, Dan Miller, the play-by-play guy, he, he's normally a pretty mellow guy. He doesn't really, this was an exception for him to get that excited, but it was a heck of a game, but. I I got nothing bad to say. Like Derek's point is valid, but I'm like, you know what? What a fun ride this year has been. Like, um, without getting into details, it's not nearly as fun as Lucas's story. Oh yeah, um, I made a I screwed up something with my Direct TV, so I was literally I didn't have access to the Sunday ticket for like two hours, so I basically only was able to watch the uh, local games, Detroit, and then I think. Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh was the other game, so I actually watched the whole Lions game in a. And everyone was like, oh, they're going to lose. Shame on them. Like, I was like, eh, we might not win this game. It's a division game. It happens. But my word, what a rally. And, and just real quick, we even did it Lions style. That last play was 11, that last drive where we got the touchdown was 11 plays with like three minutes to go. We still ran the ball four times because that's who we are. Like, man, oh, man, fun times. Love it. Ride or die, right, Alex? Oh, always. Uh, I do have one thing to say about this, though. I'm seeing like a lot of people being like, oh, Lions never would have won this game. They never would have come back, right? That's exactly who the Lions were. I'm not sure if you guys remember over the past like four years, but like every game we won was some insane comeback. Like Stafford just led fourth quarter comebacks and that's what he was known for. So like this part isn't unusual. So like this is kind of the same old Lions for me where they make a bunch of mistakes and then they have to fix them to come back. You know what I mean? That's a fair point. Yeah. However, it was a very much, it was a very much a fun game to watch later in the game, but like so far this was actually watching the old Lions because that's what they always had to do and they always had to be perfect and that's how they won games. But they didn't give up and that's what I care about. So I still think it was rad. Good job. I think the things I love too is like 
when Chicago had that, not the last drive, the, the safety, but like the one before that where they're trying to burn a clock, like they tried to run the first two plays. And like that was just a, it was a wall that guy ran into. Like the line, that defense was there and it was good coverage on the pass. Like it was a nice pass by Fields, credit where credit's due, but just wasn't quite good enough to, and I don't know why you're throwing that ball on third down, that ball. But anyway, more was but just to say the defensive line did a great job on that last drive after they didn't have their, their best game. And that was a good point, Alex. Yeah, that is actually how the Lions were winning. That was how we got the first win of the Dan Campbell area, that era, that ridiculous comeback against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what Stafford was known for. So it's just, I don't know. I, they need to start like not having all these moments in the games that forces them to be behind. And I think that's what they're going to find success. But I still believe in them. I'm always going to be Lions fan. It's just, I feel like all these other people that are coming out and then be like, Lions never would have won this before. Man, you weren't watching the Lions the past 15 years. They <laughs> crawled for those wins. <laughs> Far and few in between, but they were never ahead and won. And now here comes Thanksgiving, in which we are notoriously play above our level uh, on an annual basis. So it should be uh, interesting to see. Also, 8-2, first time since 1962. That's pretty crazy. Uh, that was a good year. So I am curious. What one thing is is the only concern right now the uh, pass defense for the Lions? Like when I did see the play against the Chargers the week before last, it I mean Herbert is is you know uh, can be an elite quarterback at least. So it seems like he was picking them apart pretty easy. But it is that the uh, the weakness cause for concern? Yep. I yeah. also I also think we don't do well against running quarterbacks. So. Uh, that Philly oh, okay. matchup possibly in the playoffs is going to not be good. Hey, real quick, that JMO touchdown. Nice. Who? Jameson. No, I know. I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Priority pickups. We got Steve. Well, the obvious one is Zach Charbonnet, but I think the thing that's just making me a little bit nervous is, like, they're not formally saying Kenneth Walker is out. So I like him, uh, but also do you want to burn waiver priority one against San Francisco and what could be a one-week absence? Uh, A.J. Dillon's got some potential with freaking Aaron Jones is going to be the death of my fantasy football season. Out. So he could be good. But again, that might be a short timer thing. Beyond that, the uh, no, I think beyond that, I think it's really about streaming your defenses this week. Uh, the Vikings, the Patriots. But yeah, I, again, this has just been a barren of a waiver wire week. I don't or a season. There aren't a whole lot of guys that are speaking in my heart. And I thought that'd be the case. We had three running backs go down last week, so I thought that would provide us some uh, some clarity. But none of that actually worked out. Derek. Uh, I'm just seeing Devin Singletary has rushed for 262 yards over the last two games. They've got Jacksonville at home. Uh, we know Pierce, I know Pierce sucks. <laughs> uh, Damian Pierce, he's either hurt or he sucks. One of my, one of my many disappointing picks, but, um, I think I'd give Singletary a good luck. In fact, I might take him. 
might look for him myself since uh still in search of the elusive running back for my roster. Alex. What a great question, Lucas. I know it is. Yeah, Do you have a great answer for us? Uh, for priority pickups? Yeah. I'm just writing down what these other two said real quick to compare to my notes. Um, Jack Fox is available. If I sort by uh, who ESPN thinks I should take, they're saying Alexander Madison. So I have no idea. You should never trust me on a waiver wire pickup suggestion. Uh, the only other one, if you're looking at receivers, um, Steve had dropped Drake London. I uh, hear Ritter is back. I think that's uh, a, a boost for, for London, so that could be a possibility too. Oh, wait, but, you get Gardner Minshew too. Oh, yeah, Gardner Minshew too. Yeah, or the second, as you would call him. No, he's Gardner Minshew too. Yeah, he's the sequel to the first. Sequels, sequels aren't always better. What? Isn't there a Gardner Minshew 3? There will be when he leaves Indy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gardner Minshew 1 was from Jacksonville. He's been reborn as a Colt. <laughs> See, you you do have a priority pickup. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, number 8. In the last four games, Cooper Cup has totaled 9 catches for 109 yards uh, and hurt his ankle again this week. Are we nearing the finish line with him, Alex? Is he washed up? I don't know. That's hard because when you start a season when you're injured, it's hard to stay in the whole year. I feel like when some people have that, it's always rough to make a comeback immediately. So I don't think so. I think if he works hard in the offseason, I still think he has potential to really make a comeback. So in in looking this up, because I knew he got injured again, I wanted to remember how he got injured. Uh, one of the Google autocompletes, in fact, the third one down the list, w- when I was searching for Cooper Cup, um, was traded to the Lions. Uh, so, Steve, what do you what do you think about that? Would you take him at this point? I think it depends on what you have to give up for him. Um, it'd be a great compliment for what the Sun God and Jameson Williams can do, but he's 31. He's been having some injury issues. I don't. I mean, yeah, if they want to ask for a fourth or fifth round pick, sure, but beyond that, it's more of a one-year rental. Derek? Yeah, I was just envisioning that that receiving core. That would be pretty exciting, even if it's just a it's a rental. But, um, yeah, I think logically speaking, he might be on his uh, last leg. I don't know, no pun intended, but uh, I'm actually going to go with the internal optimist and just follow Alex's lead and think and say that he's uh, he's going to be okay and he's going to have a resurgence. There you go, Derek. Steve, number nine. Who's more fraudulent, the Denver Broncos or Josh Dobbs? It's got to be the Denver Broncos. Um, I am so sick of like. The Sean Payton system is taking hold. Like, Russell Wilson threw of two ridiculous passes to Cortland Sutton, and Cortland Sutton caught them. And this isn't about Cortland Sutton being a fantastic receiver because he's been on the, the downside of average his entire time in the NFL. Like, they played crap competition. They got a win against Kansas City, which is fine to their credit, but division matchups, take those with a grain of salt. I'm just – the Broncos are terrible. Like, I just – I watch every week because I watch – 
Sean Payton, like just not give the ball to Javante Williams for reasons that are beyond me. But let's let's give Jaleel McLaughlin like four carries for nine yards because that's that's how we're gonna write the ship. Like I think Josh Dobbs could be something. Like he's in a quarterback in like a a decent system. He's got some pieces around him. Like I think he's an all star, but I think he can I think he can keep Minnesota heading towards the playoffs. And then when you get Justin Jefferson back, good gravy. But out on the Broncos. Uh. Quick, I, I'm not sure I know this, but is is Kirk Cousins out of contract at the end of the season? Yes. So what are you doing if you're Minnesota? You keeping Dobbs and saying bye, or what? What do you do with that situation? I think there are a lot of fun options out there. Like, and I think I think the one that's most interesting to me. We don't know how it's going to go, but right now Chicago has the number one and number four picks in what should be a very quarterback heavy class. So if you, if the experts and I'm not with college football are right that Drake May and or Caleb Williams are spectacular, that means Justin Fields is on the go and Arizona is in a similar position with a really high draft pick. Like, are you going to ride with Kyler Murray? So this goes back to the question of like, I think the Vikings have options. Like they can, I, I think the Kirk, I think just everyone has to go to their own corners with Kirk Cousins, but like, do you want to trade for one of these guys? Do you want to give Josh Dobbs a contract if he's willing to uh take it? Daniel Jones over in New York. There's no way they want him back right now. Like, so I'm sorry. If you ask me if I'm Minnesota, I kick the tires on, uh I kick the tires on Justin Fields. Interesting. Derek, Broncos or Dobbs, who's who's the most fraudulent? Yeah, I just think how, you know, they were a Bills blunder of having 12 men on the field from losing that game, and then that, you know, that can be a momentum killer. So I feel like they should be sub-500. It's been a long road just to get back to 500. So, what was that, Steve? Um, I was interrupting. To say, don't forget, there's also that pat, ridiculous pass interference call on the Bills that put Denver in the position to shank the kick before they got the second chance because of 12 men on the field. Uh, yes, that's it. So they they definitely should be uh, like four and six at best. So um, yeah, I, I think yeah, Wilson, like it's a little bit of resurgence, but I I don't think he is still the player that he was before and. I don't know. This t- the defense gave up 70 points early this season, so I can't really buy them either. And it's a, I think there's it's pretty competitive. It's going to be competitive that last playoff spot. So I I do not think that they will get that. And I I do like uh, I like what I've seen from Dobbs so far too. So easy easy Denver pick for me. So Alex, I know you don't like to speak ill will of anybody. So who do you like better, the Broncos or Josh Dobbs? First off, I like Josh Dobbs more. Okay. I still think that he's had success at certain moments and being shoved into a position with as little time as he had, it's impressive how much he's done. When it comes to the Broncos, I have two things to say. Two very important things that are very educational. First off, I like how when Sean Payton goes 0-4, it's everyone else's fault. But when they start winning, it's Sean's Payton fault. You know what I mean? Just saying. Don't have, mm-hmm. don't have that out there, Mr. Payton. Secondly, 
you guys ever seen that movie, The Big Green, I think it's called, where, like, or, like, you know, or Mighty Ducks, where, you know, like, any of those movies where there's, like, a coach, and then he takes advantage of, like, a bunch of rapscallions, and they go out and find, like, a, you know, like, a cool kid that's really good at, like, goalie or something? Yes. Okay. I kind of want the Broncos to do well, because I want them to make this year into a movie, and ever since I've seen Kevin James stars Sean Payton, it's all I can picture. I don't know why that movie was made. So I want to see a movie where Kevin James is Sean Payton, and it's this year of the Broncos, and it starts super bad. And then they, like, have, like, a, I don't know, a pool day where they learn that, like, something about their jumping skills or something, and then they just win the rest of their games. I don't know. But I think I think there's a movie potential there. So I'm sure for both of you. Awesome. Well, I feel like... What- if I could just say with Kevin James, I feel like you would have to, like, if you shaved his head, grew a goatee, he could be the, what's the Giants coach name? Dabo? Dabo? Oh, Derek, Kevin James as Sean Payton already happened in a movie. There's a whole oh. movie about the year Sean Payton gets fired, gets a year suspension, and he coaches his kid's football team, and there's, like, a bunch of fat kids that order pizza during the game. <laughs> And then Sean Payton, <laughs> a.k.a. Kevin James, shows up to teach him what's for. And then Kevin James and or Sean Payton's kid hates Sean Payton because Sean Payton abandoned him. And I was like, how did Sean Payton approve this movie? <laughs> this is on Netflix. <laughs> wow. They, I, I did not know that. They Thank cut you, and Kevin James into all of the scenes at the end of the Super Bowl. They took Sean Payton out and pasted Kevin James in all the photos. So there you go. You should watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow, he's not making movie. it all up. I'm not making it all up. Lucas is looking up photos right now. It's in a bunch of things. It's Ke- Kevin James is Sean Payton. And as I'm searching Kevin James, Sean Payton, the first thing is me, <laughs> by the way, of course. Yeah. Um, but yes, um, Sean Payton finally gets to finish serving his bounty gate punishment by having Kevin James play him in an NFL-funded Netflix comedy about his year-long suspension. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very good, but you should watch it. There's oh. a scene where all the kids eat a bunch of health parts and throw up everywhere. And, and here's a reverse meme: Sean Payton is Paul Blart Mall Cop. Yeah, there you go. That's my suggestion for this week. It's a little early, but... Can you imagine this with the Broncos? <laughs> that would that would be great. I'm still trying to find out what the name of the movie is. Of course, the internet is not... It, they're just calling it the upcoming movie. Uh, don't worry, I'll figure it out. You, uh, guys, you guys should continue your important football 10 for 10. Oh, home team. A good, a good name would be Bounty Gate for Kids, maybe. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's called Home Team. I wonder if he pays his kids to hurt people in the last game. And, of course, um, the New York Jets uh, jumped on the bad wagon and are just absolutely mocking him af- after it as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. Steve, bring us home, number 10. I just never know when Alex's passion is going to come pouring out, but has it never not been audio gold when it happens? You you buckle up for the ride, and you just don't know when you're going to hit that drop. 
Like, could you imagine how excited I was at 11 p.m. on a weekday when I found that? <laughs> oh, yes. I yeah. can. I can imagine. Oh, pretty excited. Can we speculate on how high you were? <laughs> you can't. I'll say I wasn't. Very. I wasn't at all. New, new tradition, Steve. Po- post-fantasy draft uh, shenanigans, we will be watching really bad NFL films like this. Oh, my word. Oh, I just, okay. Well, yeah. All right, so well, last one. I uh, Fantasy football ethics question for you. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start out, actually, forget the preamble. So I was involved in the league. I forget the specifics right now, but basically player A offered Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to team B for some packages I'm not remembering right now. And apparently that offer was sitting for a day. And then like, as soon as Joe Burrow went down um, on Thursday night football, the guy who was offered the trade accepted it legally. He has done the right. He's done nothing wrong, but like, is there an ethical component to this that is worth addressing? Not at all. You absolutely do that. Um, I, I, that's, that's honestly why you freeze the waiver wires too, uh, until after, like a day or so after games, because I've gone in as quarterbacks have gone down to go grab the backup really quick. And well, you can't do that. You have to wait. So, um, if it's in the rules, nothing wrong with it. If you don't like it, change it up the rules next year. I mean, they're probably just going to veto it anyway, wouldn't they? Uh, if you have something like that set up, yeah, but there's, there's leagues where those things go straight through. If once they're accepted, the trade happened. I, I think it, I think it is unethical and I feel like it's, it's on the person who, um, offers that or whoever, no, I might, I maybe mix up this there. So, so team A, Offered the trade and then team B accepted after the injury. Yeah, team, team A wanted Burrow and Chase and so offered up the trade and team B was sitting on it who had Burrow. And so once Burrow went down, team B was like, Oh yeah, sure. You can have him and accepted the trade. Yeah. Sorry. I think, I think it's really bad form. I don't think you should do that. I think. I think I think you have to exercise a little bit of integrity there. I don't, I don't like it. Nope, I've got I've got none. Take that trade. <laughs> uh, quick tangent for you and I, Derek. Would you do that to Brady? Like the ethics go out the window if you guys made that trade or no? Well, I guess I have selective ethics because I would probably compromise my principles and do it to the. Steve's referring to the the Tom Brady of my basketball league who um, sold his soul to the fantasy devil many years ago. So I would I would find a way to justify it um, myself. So I, I would admit my hypocrisy there. <laughs> Speaking of integrity, off topic. Okay. There was one time we lost a football game so bad our jerseys had a football that said integrity on them, and our coach made us wear them inside out because he said we didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait before i uh, before i respond to that how old were you 
that was JV, so I was 13. No, 14, sorry. Yeah, okay, I love it then. I love yeah. it. I yeah. love it. Right. So that, that does remind me a little of a, a quick uh, Charles Barkley story. He Once somebody said something very negative about Charles Barkley, and he responded by saying, I was going to sue for character assassination, and then I realized I didn't have any character, and I just let it go. <laughs> All right. Did you get what you wanted there, Steve? <laughs> a lot more than I thought I would. It was a it was a good one. Yeah, we're good. All righty. Let's get into it then. And now for one of life's great mysteries. It's the power jankings. All right, lads. So let's find out where let's remind everybody where we were at last week or tell everyone cuz last week's episode did not get uploaded. So, um Surprise! You can get a twofer today. Yeah, you are. <laughs> That's why Lucas couldn't be on the watch the game yesterday. All right. Ten. Carly. Nine. Senior. Eight. Derek. Seven. Matt. Six. Kelly. I'm living in five. Alex. Four. Junior. Three. Cam. Two. Bobbert. One. All right. Second. Number ten. Not yet. Oh, I don't. false alarm. I just wanted to, we don't normally talk about our league in depth, but I, I. And this is where it goes off the rails. We don't normally talk about our league in depth, but I am, I am curious just real quick where everybody's at. Like, it seems like right now the league is kind of in the three tiers from my perspective. There is Cam, Bobby, Alex, and myself in one looking for first round buys. Well, Bobby's got one. He's looking for the number one seed overall. There's Junior, who's just like on this island. He's going to make the playoffs. He probably does. He's too far behind to really do much beyond that. And then there's a cluster of five with Derek, Lucas, Carly, Kelly, and Matt. You were all within a game of each other. The path is there for any of you to make the playoffs. Like it's from this side of things, it's pretty exciting to watch. I just want to check in, Derek, Lucas. How are you? How are you feeling overall right now about? Uh, the lay of the land. Yeah, I think we have we have a big upper class, a big lower class, and then yes, one team in the middle. That's the middle class, <clears throat> is what it looks like. Um, I have to admit for myself, I'm looking at total points and feel like that I'm pretty low. So there's an extra like hurdle for my team, um, and uh, very frustrated with the <clears throat> last couple of losses. So. It still feels like an uphill battle for me. It's nice to know that there is is a path, um, but uh, I got a uh, no margin for error for me, I think. And, and I do know, yeah, two teams with three wins, so all the more for them. But uh, nice to know there's a little bit of hope. Yeah, I I was a little surprised when I saw that, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm a game out. Like, how in the world did that happen at at three and eight? Um, but same sort of feeling as Derek, right? Like, okay, there's five of us for one position. Um, and if you're a game back and there's three other teams in front of you, you need a lot to happen, and we don't have much time left either. So, um, 
Yeah, it's and if you look at the points scored as well, right? Like Kelly is sitting there at number five total points scored, and she's one of those five teams. So um, I think you gotta give the nod to her at this point. I'm gonna. I've done a little deep diving into this, so Lucas, I'll let you you find the loophole here. But I'm gonna counter argue that you are the team to beat in this scenario. Like your disdain for when I tell you these things. How- how dare you? <laughs> it's not about your talent level at the moment. It's about you are the only team. You play every one of these five, or you, you're the only one who's got three matchups against these other teams. Like everybody else is going against like Junior and Bobby and other games. So that gives you three wins and a chance to knock people off the totem pole. So in theory, it's easiest strength of schedule left and also gives you tiebreaker advantages because Yes, it does come down to points scored if as a secondary tiebreaker. So remember, head to head is first. So if we get into a multi-team thing, yes, it'll be points scored. But if it's one on one, Lucas, you can you can like put the sword to a lot of people in the next three weeks. Okay, okay. so that that was based in fact, not opinion. So I thank you for that. Yes. Um, so yes, there is an opportunity there. Uh, whether it is taken uh, is a different question. Touche. Number 10. All right. False alarm over. All right, guys, who do we have at 10? Carly. Carly. Gosh, she won. But then so did I. So I'll say Carly. All right. I mean, just real Okay. Was 10. Stays 10. 10 on ESPN. Carly. So let me ask you guys this. Like, um, I made a comment earlier about Gus Edwards' ridiculous touchdown pace. It is like nine touchdowns and 64 carries. Like, it is just ridiculous. So Kelly needs to win. Like, what do you do if you're her? Do you play David Montgomery, more of the the lead back, kind of steady production, or do you play Gus Edwards and just think this outlier scenario is going to continue on for another week? Is it outlier or is it more of a Jamal Williams sort of situation from last year, right? Like if he's the goal line back, they don't have a tush push. <laughs> uh, I could see it continuing, um, but I would, I would, and this is probably why I haven't made the playoffs in the last 12 years, but I probably err on the side of consistency with the running back of Montgomery than relying on the touchdowns of, of Edwards. Derek? I think I'd be good with just keep going for the big swing and just going with Edwards and, um, yeah, relying on the, uh, the the high potential for the touchdowns. I, I kind of like that move. <coughs> it, this does have to be a playout game, right, Lucas? Like you versus Carly, the loser is not going to get in with a ninth loss. Uh, Yeah. Am I playing her this week? Yes. Yeah. No, this, this does feel that way. Very much so. Number nine. Well, the Jenkins don't make sense. They do so, not. So even though nine beat eight last week, nine still stays nine. I think it's me. 
I'm going to say Derek. Because he really sounds like he believes in himself. <laughs> he believes in himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again, Lucas, you're the only one who's got the opportunity to run the table. Was nine, stays nine. Ninth on ESPN beats Derek, stays nine. My my rankings are awesome. They are the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Lucas, genuinely, you've got this weird thing on your team, like Brian Robinson is running back four, and, like, he's just – he's got to be the worst running back four in the history of fantasy football. He's got – Either six or seven of his games, he's got 13 points or less. Like, nobody should ever be running back 44 with that pedigree. Like, he has to ride the bench, even though statistically he's your best running back, right? Uh, I don't know how to disagree with you on that. Um, I can't believe he's running back four either. He has not felt like running back four at all. Um, I, I guess I didn't even realize he was running back four. Um, well, Josh Jacobs is running back five. Do you believe that? So. Volume-wise, yeah, but, like, yeah, feels equal, somewhat creepy, too. Um, yeah, it's just been so up and down. There hasn't been consistency in carries. There hasn't been consistency in points. Um... Although, I guess if you look at his last two games, he's had six and seven receptions, which he, so he's being involved in the passing game a lot more now. So maybe, maybe that's why. I don't know. I got him on my bench right now. Uh, they're playing Dallas at Dallas on Thanksgiving in that defense. And I'm sorry if he's running back four. That just does not feel like a good matchup to me. So as of this point, he is on my bench. I would concur, concur. Derek, do you want to make a compelling argument to put him in over Bijan or Josh Jacobs? Mm, no, I'll just I'll just join the crowd here. Peer pressure is the way to go. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it comes to the okay. kids' table, Derek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex, any thoughts on Lucas' team? Yes. <laughs> At least I was tracking. Uh, you'll be fine, Lucas. Just keep trying. Yeah. I, got a fourth running back. At, at this point, I'm just throwing in my the players that I drafted and sitting on them, unless I have buys. Mm-hmm. So. I have a question. So I'm going to have to put Joe Burrow on my IR, right? You can, yeah. Does that mean someone can pick up Nick Chubb and use him as a keeper? No, yes. that's the other league. Uh, oh, sorry. Disregard. Yes, that is a factual statement. Okay. So uh, maybe some priority pickups for you this week then for next year. I don't know. Do you guys – is there any I, – I think Nick Chubb is a great running back, but do you think there's anybody like he would be the guy for them next year? No, because uh, he had yeah. a follow-up surgery. Oh. He had a follow-up right. surgery. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I that's what I read. So I yeah, I, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't trust him to be back for uh but beginning that of next year. Yeah. What kind of follow up surgery? I just tend to think any surgery is not is not good, but uh but it, it, I think it was related to the knee. Yeah. Okay. 
But yeah, in theory, that is kind of that is kind of one of the sticky wickets that anybody could pick up Nick Chubb and play him. Or if you were to drop Joe Burrow because you knew he wasn't your keeper, they could do the same thing. Cool. Sorry for taking away from what you were talking about. It's okay. All right, what? take me to the next book. What what were we talking about? Number eight. I think it's me. It'll be Derek. How Derek. do you want that confidence? I'm gonna say Derek. Three for three. Was eight, stays eight, eight on ESPN. <laughs> Derek. Um Derek, you started C.J. Stroud over Justin Herbert. Is this now a week-to-week thing? Was this just a one-off? Is Stroud the new starter? Talk to me about that decision. Do you not love Justin Herbert anymore? Um, it's uh, I love Justin Herbert. It's uh, it's never personal. Uh, it's only uh, have to make decisions out of the best interest of the team. Um, Stroud is the starting quarterback for my team right now, but I will – uh, consider weekly matchups, <clears throat> but, uh, it paid off. Well, I, I would say it paid off, but, uh, I still lost, but, uh, he did have a, a better game. I think at least I was tracking it until the fourth quarter. I think he still did have a yeah. better game. Herbert outscored but, him by, um, what's that? Herbert outscored him by six. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I missed that. <clears throat> okay. Justin Herbert is the starting quarterback, uh, now. Uh, I think I still, it is matchup dependent, um, but if it's like a, a pick em, I'm probably actually going to lean Stroud because, um, I mean, just some of the, the high-end performances for him have been really good. So um, I'm willing to have him as my starter and willing to consider him as a potential keeper. So let's talk about that for a minute. I know there's some time and distance before our, Week 12 starts, but you are playing Bobby, who I won't give it away, but clearly was number one last week, so it's probably a pretty powerhouse team. You're going to have to play C.J. Stroud, who's got home for Jacksonville, or Justin Herbert, home for Baltimore. Which way are you leaning this time, knowing you need a good week? Yeah, definitely Stroud on that, because the, the Baltimore defense, um, it does it does scare me a little bit. I don't know if they're a great pass defense, but I they're still a a team that knows how to put the pressure on the quarterbacks. Uh, sorry, distracted by, by that picture of Justin Herbert there. Um, but I'd like, I like Stroud at home with Jack, against Jacksonville. I think that's a better matchup. So I've got a new thing. Uh, Alex, I want you to do this for the rest of the season, okay? okay. When, when you're setting your starting lineup, you search on GameStop for the player's uh, <laughs> Funko Pop vinyl figurine, and whichever one costs more, that's who you start. <laughs> Thanks. So who costs more right now, uh, Herbert or Zach Wilson? I think How much was the same price, crazy enough. The same price. Yeah, Zach Wilson, yeah, $2.69. $2. Uh, if you look at the box, it's a premium figure, apparently. It's under the picture on the left side there under the guy. It says in the box, Ooh. it's premium. It's a premium vinyl gold figure yeah. of, of Justin Herbert. Okay, it looks just like him. It looks like they just put long hair on Peyton Manning and then tried to sell it as a new figure. <laughs> Steve, if you if there was a Funko Pop of you, how many would you buy? All of them. Clearly. 
And then give him out his Christmas presents, right? Well, without giving no nature the way what I do for a living, I think every time I met a new person, I would just hand it out. It's your business card. Here you go. Way better than my current business card. (laughs) Hey, Steve, real quick. A Christmas idea I didn't follow through with, but I wanted to know what your opinion of it was. I found a place where you can submit someone's photo and they put their face on whatever you want. And I was going to do an old Renaissance painting of a knight with your head on it. Would you have liked that? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like that caricature I have of the groomsman from the wedding is well is a is a well beloved treasure here in my weight room. So, yes, as a guy who's got a cardboard cutout of himself, yes, I'm going to say yes. Nice. All right. What number are we on? Well, we're not done yet. Last question, no. Derek. So it's week to week. That makes a lot of sense. But come next year when it's not week to week, will there be any consideration to CJ Stroud as your keeper over Justin Herbert? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's, he's, he's a star on the rise. Like I, I just even just the eye test, um, the big games, a really good receiving core. Um, like, the situation with the Chargers, I mean, I don't ever trust that Mike Williams will be healthy. This new receiver, Quentin Johnson, has been terrible. Um, they're going to have a head coaching change very soon. <laughs> so I kind of like this. I like Stroud's situation. <clears throat> Although, was it last week? When, I guess uh, from the pod that didn't air, we talked about the trade offer that I made for Kelsey, where I think it was uh, – yeah, it was Stroud for Kelsey. Yeah, uh, that trade was rejected, by the way. <laughs> oh man, that could have been win-win. Really? Tried. All right. Number seven. Got Matthew. Matt. Was seven, stays seven, seven ESPN. Uh, Matt, so while my rankings are ridiculous right now, they are in lockstep with ESPN. So for Matt, here's the question. We talked about Cooper Cup earlier and what has not been a good run. And in theory, it's kind of like Jamar Chase. You invested so much in him and he's so talented, you kind of have to just see it through and hope for the best. Nay, nay, I say. Um if you look at Cooper Cup is on Matt's team, like if this was your team, would you play Cooper Cup or are you benching one of the following? DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, or Devonta Smith? Before looking at all the numbers, I my initial reaction was I'm benching Michael Pittman. Um Yeah, but I haven't paid enough attention to the Colts and him this season to know how well. I mean, he's 16th in our league, but I don't know. I still think I'm riding the name of of Cooper Cup as long as I can, as long as he's healthy. Derek, you in the same boat? I think so. I don't, I think, uh, definitely gotta, 
start well, yeah, I think you gotta start Devontae Smith. Like I, I would choose Smith over Cup. But uh maybe that wasn't the question. I maybe lost. It's okay. Uh Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman, and DJ Moore are currently Matt's starting wide receivers. Do one of them go to the bench for Cooper Cup? Or do you leave Cooper Cup on the bench? Hmm. I might take out more actually. I I'd keep Cup in. I mean, Moore is definitely a little capped on upside. Justin Fields, I mean, as great as his game was last week, I think Sunday was only like 170 yards. I want to ask you guys real quick. We're talking about Devontae Smith. Um, did you see that pass Jalen Hurts threw to him? Like, I don't think Smith didn't get in the end zone, but got down to like the two-yard line. Like, that football seemed to defy the law of physics. Like, I'm not sure if that was a more incredible pass or a more incredible reception, but it was both. Like, that thing was just a thing of beauty. It, it was a bit of both. Um, they talked way too long about how Smith adjusted for the ball. Um, I think they made the point no less than five times, but uh, it was still no. I think it was both a great, great throw and great catch. If Kirk Herbstreit and Troy can talk about quarterbacks, they got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched like ninety-five percent of this game, and uh, clearly I missed like the, a big five percent of it because I actually missed. That play, I I got nothing. Sorry. <laughs> okay. It it was at the end of the game. He 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 adjusted. He slowed down. He did beat the the DB for sure, and he was he was gone. But he had to slow down a little bit for the ball and did an over the shoulder catch, but timed it perfectly. So the DB like had had no chance. But then he was down on the one, and then it was like yeah, then. Then Hertz got me my touchdown, and it was the, the comfortable win. So sorry. <laughs> I did see that part of it, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. Oh, man. Oh, Kelly lost, though, this week. So, oh, and to you. Who is number five? So does she move up to number five because this is the Jenkins? <laughs> no, yeah. it's Kelly. Yeah, I got Kelly too. Alexander, who do you think? Kelly. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Was six, stays six, six on ESPN. Kelly. All right, we talked a little bit about this earlier when we was talking about we were talking about words apparently um, upper class, middle class, lower class um, as far as records. So for the last playoff spot right now, would you take if you had to put ten bucks down, you taking Kelly or the field? I'm taking Kelly as as stated earlier, right? I mean, she's scored the most points out of all those play uh, of all those teams. She's been on a run for a few weeks, as noted by you, um, actually a few weeks ago when you said she was ready to go. So um, I think she's certainly in the driver's seat for that last spot. I just lost to Lucas. I just lost a senior. I, I think uh, I think the path is there, as you mentioned earlier, Steve. I'm going to go out in the limits. And I know this is not what you want, Lucas, but uh, I think it's all you. I, I don't know. Field. You you haven't picked me to win anything yet, so I don't know if that's a jinx. So 
I just know nothing has gone right in my fantasy football season this this year, so I'd be surprised if one of my predictions went right. But uh, I, I'm right. Th- I'm right there with you, man. Yep. <laughs> now the the cheat code here again, Lucas, that I did look, and so maybe I think Derek and I've got some traction here. Is look, legitimately, Kelly's team has been on a roll. Problem for them is their next two matchups are Bobby and Kelly, or Bobby and Cam. And who? Cam. Bobby and Cam. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Cam, uh, Kenneth Walker went down. Uh, Jefferson's not quite back yet. Uh, he's been on a little bit of a, um, losing streak. So maybe she's catching him at the right time. I don't know. Fair call. So she could go one and two and one in the last three games and that'd probably be enough. Okay. Alex, Kelly of the field. I'm taking Kelly. Alex, if I said anybody of the field, because you are just that chipper, would you say that person? You know I would. Our mom or the field? She's not in fantasy football. That's a trick question. So I'm going to say the field. You thought you had me, but you didn't. (laughs) Number five. Uh... Okay, so Steve, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm batting a hundred here. I, th- I gotta try and figure this out. Yeah, pressure's on, man. Ooh. Um. Hmm. This is gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Alex. Do you, do you think you fell one? I think no, I'm gonna go out on. I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and say five is Alex. How dare you? Because I wanted to hear that. <laughs> Clean Sorry, I think it's Alex. Too. That I will continue to hold the five spot for the 25th week in a row. I think it's Alex, too. How dare you? No fight. <laughs> So, Alex, does that mean that you are not thinking you are the five spot? Nope. I'm picking Lucas. Who was an already established as nine? Yep, but I'm nope. picking him again. We have two Lucases in this in this group. Oh, so. you meant Junior. Nope. Now I mean Lucas Moore. I said <laughs> Lucas Junior first, but now I'm <laughs> Lucas Moore because it's only, again, another number that's far away from one. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Lucas. You're wonderful. I pick Lucas Junior. <laughs> was four now five third at ESPN Alexander how dare you <laughs> sir <laughs> speaking of how dare you Alex yeah. one through ten how pissed are you that you didn't accept that Joe Burrow trade offer <laughs> are you talking about which offer one that you guys canned? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I have one. Hey, Steve. If, if I if that offer happened, would I have won last week? <laughs> I will. I will let you do the legwork on that because there's I'm a sure cause Dallas defense scored twenty eight points. How many? How much did your defense score? Was how it less than eight? Mean? Yeah. If it was less than eight, then yes, you would have won. Yeah, and I wouldn't have had Joe Burrow starting, who was injured. Yeah, so, your score would have gone up 40 points. 
because of Tua over Burrow and then starting the Cowboys over Vegas. Oh, yeah. You would have won. Handily. Handily, yeah. So I think the moral of the story, Alex, is you cannot be afraid to accept trades in this league. I think that is the moral. <laughs> I think I think you guys all made a goof. I think I think you all know I was going to have a super team. That's why you turned it down. Well, then we just supported our argument because we we kept you down even further. Yeah, you kept me down. It's supposed to collusion. Nah, nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> just for the record, I did not veto that deal. Thank you, Derek. I love you. Uh, just for the record, I don't think anybody accepted that deal. So just because he didn't veto, I don't, I'm not sure if he voted. Well, of course, you and, you and Junior don't get a vote because you're you're two teams in the trade. So yeah. (laughs) I still appreciate you, Derek. Well, I thought, oh, so a non-vote is not approval. You have to actually vote. No, a non-vote really is approval because it only matters, uh, for, for the no votes. So. If Eric nobody understood. votes, it still goes through. Yep. Eric understood what I was doing. Yep. That's what matters. Yeah. I'd have a super team right now. But that's okay. I mean, certainly we don't know what the future holds. I mean, this would have been a death knell for Junior to give up those pieces. Yeah, it would be. So it actually worked out better for him. So, could you imagine he traded away two of his best, the two of his really solid players, and then he had Joe Burrow was out. Oh, that would kill him. Yeah. There you go, Lucas. Your competition to get into the playoffs. You strengthened them. You're, you're welcome. We're protecting you. <laughs> Number four. Well, that means that's Mr. Mr. Steve. I'm going to say Steve. Agreed, Steve. No. Lucas? Oh. Oh. Did Cam slide? I am so stupid. These are the Jenkins I need to think this through. Junior, who outscores Steve and wins, falls below him. Okay. Actually, Cam has lost three the past four weeks. Oh, that's another good one. Or three of the past three weeks, if you're smart. I don't know why I added the fourth week. Oh, is it Cam? That's a good one. Well, I said Junior first already, so I'll stick with that. Alex got it, and I will defend the rankings here. I normally get why you guys think they're trash, but I think there's a compelling argument that I'm I'm above Cam at this particular moment. So, if you look at overall records and, and points, yes, I agree with you, but I I didn't know how how historical data was factored into the metrics, so. That's fair. So, yes, anyway, uh, was two, falls to four, and fourth on ESPN as well. Cameron. Okay. Alex, you have provided a lot of comedy gold tonight, so I am a little worried about going to the goal, going to the well one too many times, but uh, I just, I see what's there and I gotta take a shot. Alex, I need you to dig in. I, I please do not half-ass this. I mean, with the passion that is bestowed in your new dog's eyes, I want you to really, really think about the pain that Cam is going through right now. Was six and zero, loses Justin Jefferson, is now seven and four. Has lost his number one seeding, is now just trying to get a decent first round matchup. Alex, tell Cam everything is going to be okay. Cam, 
I want you to turn this up a little bit or a little bit down if you want it to be more sensitive, you know, like one of those good speeches. You don't need a loud speech right now. I want to tell you here, Cam, God spent a little bit of extra time on you, okay? Right on you when he was putting you together. And he said, you know what, this guy, he's going to have some down times. He's going to have some up times. No matter what, this guy's not going to give up, okay? That's what you did. That's you. You're going to wait. You're going to do just fine. Justin Jefferson doesn't have anything on you. Besides, you also have J. Allen, who's a legend, and you stole him from me, and I'll never forgive you. But even though you did, <laughs> and you lost to me twice, which is usually a death sentence because you've lost to me five times in 12 years, <laughs> I still believe in you. And if you don't, let me have it, please. Just please let me win, Cam. <laughs> anyway, how's that? It's not a fair <laughs> At first, I thought you were going to go do an sync song. So at this point, that didn't happen. But my own weirdness aside, you would have followed up with, okay, man, you've lost to me twice this year after losing three times in the next 12 years. But God spent a little bit of extra time on you. You're good to go. Yeah, let me tell you, I'm not good at bedside manner, man. <laughs> after I was done talking to him and people in the hospitals, they were just too confused to die. <laughs> Seems like you did your job. Hey. <coughs> More than one way to skin a cat, right? Oh, that feels like a bad metaphor. Okay, well, um, good pilots land on the runway. Legendary pilots land it in the Hudson Bay. How about that? That's good. That's a good phrase. I think I heard that somewhere. Right? We're we're comparing yeah. Cam to Sully. I could get on board with that. There you go. Sometimes the guy that does the dumbest thing is the one that goes down in history. Anyway. Now, is Cam, now Cam's the one who did the dumbest thing? Oh, man, I'm so far lost on these metaphors. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at anymore. We're good. Cam, I believe in you. You have a really good team. There's a reason you were number one for so long. And trust me, I had Justin Jefferson last year, and a, a single team he does not make. He's just a valuable part of it. There you go. Number three. Lucas. I am all kerfuffled now. I'll go with Steve. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Steve. Was five up to three, currently second on ESPN. That would be me. So one of the things that is not going particularly well at this moment, Patrick Mahomes averaging 25 points a game in the last three weeks. Like, it's going to stop being a thing soon, right? Like, we're going to get back to, you know, guys catching footballs, Taylor Swift being at venues to pep up Travis Kelsey. Like, I, there is a light at the end of this tunnel, right? You know, I, I'm going to go back to my comment previously, and that was one of the things that I that came to mind as I was watching the Monday night game is who the hell does he have catching the ball for him? Besides Kelsey, right, who – you know, outlier or whatever, you've got your one tight end. Um, who's who's their best receiver? Who who is a receiver? Nice. Like Sky Moore, right? Uh, Sky Moore, Valdez, Scantling, Rashi Rice. Oh my god, if if a team ever needed to not lose Tyree Kill, it was this team. Um Mahomes is a good player. 
Mahomes is a great quarterback. Uh, he is not a product of any system or players around him. But, oh, my Lord, does he need some help. Um, I Sorry, but I don't see that changing too much, Steve, for you. I'll, I'll see... I'll give him a, an extra bump of, of five points just because he is who he is and somehow he finds a way most of the time. But, God, they need they need to work on those receivers. That, that's a good uh, point. I, I sort of forget sometimes about how costly the Tyreek Hill trade was. Like, a, It's kind of amazing they still won a Super Bowl last year with that receiving core. But um, to try to <clears throat> pull in Alex and try to encourage you, Steve, I think – there is no reason why professional wide receivers who their main job is to catch the ball will continue to drop wide open passes uh, for the remainder of the season. If I could only imagine how I'd be feeling right now if I needed that Valdez Scantling catch or that Justin Ross or uh, whatever that chap's name was. But yeah, anyway. All right. I appreciate that. I think that, uh, you know, by sheer force of will, Patrick Mahomes will at least be better than destitute with, uh, he'll do better than this and I will stop trying to bungle the rest of it. Okay. Hey, super quick question. Number two. Super quick question. Patrick Mahomes related. Yes. How much does he get paid compared to other quarterbacks in the NFL now? It's gotta be high, right? Cause he just recently redid his contract. Was it on like five, five or six? Yeah, I think he's in the top. He, Jay Dot, and Joe Burrow guys, I think, are the, the guys who are kind of the top three. I forget the particular order, except I think Burrow's slightly ahead of Herbert because he signed his contract after. Crazy how all those guys took on huge contracts. Now all of a sudden they don't have people to throw to. And who's number two? <laughs> <laughs> Another very valid point. Uh, yeah, when you're having to toss 30% of your salary cap or 25% of your salary cap at a player, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Number two, Junior. Junior. Alex, what do you think? Uh, sorry, I accidentally muted myself. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Is two, we're on two, right? So not number one? Correct. Correct. Lucas Moore. <laughs> uh, was... <laughs> Was three, is two, fifth on ESPN, junior. Guys, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Sunday, was Justin Fields closer to showing us why he is the franchise quarterback for the Bears, or is Justin Fields showing us why he's not the quarterback, franchise quarterback of the Bears on Sunday? Um. The word franchise is a scary one to me. Uh, did Justin Fields show why they missed him and why they will probably stick with him next year? Yes. I'll go that far. Um, they've put a lot into him. I think he has shown some signs of promise this year. I don't think he's to the level of a franchise quarterback, but I also don't think he's to the level of a Zach Wilson. Sorry. I, I need a consistent body of work, and I just don't see it. There's too many question marks. I like the idea of them using uh, one of their likely two top five picks next year to to go for one of those uh, aforementioned quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not buying him as their franchise QB. 
Hmm. Are we talking about? Me. Cool. Is Justin Fields on Sunday, did he show why he is the future of the Bears or why he is not the future of the Bears? Um, I kind of appreciated after he came out and said that they faced a really good team and that they should have won that game. And the only reason they lost is because of the mistakes that they made. And he was big enough to say that. Um, I still think Justin Fields has potential. I think a lot of Bears fans don't, but I don't know fantasy wise right now if I think he's like starting wise, but I still think they should trust him in the Bears. I think he can do it. Well, let's okay, so to have the courage of that conviction and, and Derek and Lucas talked about this earlier, like as it sits right now, the Bears would have the number one pick in the draft because of the Carolina trade they made and they've got their own pick which is currently fourth. Like you're the Bears GM, you're number one. Like you genuinely I think have two enticing options. Like if you believe in Justin Fields then you keep Justin Fields, and I can only imagine the bounty you would get for the number one pick this year. Or you trade Justin Fields, maybe to Minnesota or wherever, and you see what Drake May, Caleb Williams, or I think those are the top two guys, has to offer. Alex, you're the GM. Which of those two options are you chasing? You trade the first pick. So the biggest, thing that's wow. going, the biggest thing that's going on in the NFL right now isn't really just um, – finding the best players to put on your team or like continually drafting a new guy. A lot of it's about balancing that cash now, especially with how some of the big the contracts are. So you have to trade down and maybe get more picks in the late first round, early second or better spots. So you can have better players in more positions that don't cost too much. So you can have a couple of key players and key positions that take that cap room. Um, that's actually kind of what the lions are doing right now, which is really impressive. And the reason that they built the team that they have is because they need to make not necessarily the number one pick and pay them the most, but solid picks later down investing in the scouting, all of which could be starters, and then they can afford to play major players. Um, Justin Fields, I think getting rid of him now would be kind of a waste because I still think he's really good. And if they do end up re-signing him, because what is his contract then in like a year? Justin Fields is, I guess if they picked up his fifth-year option, he's going into the last year of his contract right now. Yeah. So I would pick him up right now because it's not like you're going to have to pay him massive Mac Buku bucks. And you're probably going to pay him just as much, maybe if not, maybe a little bit more than like a first round pick. And then that way too, you then fill in other spots and that's what I would do. Okay. You guys disagree, but I think you both made some points. I, uh, it's weird. The draft season is not Lions Christmas anymore. So it'll be fun to watch other teams get it sorted. Can, <laughs> right. can I just say, so if I if I were the uh, Bears GM, I would continue to try to do business with the Carolina Panthers. I, like they're a gold mine. I know they already have the, their number one pick, but maybe turn the tables and just see what they might want. I know Carolina will not be taking any phone calls. I'm sure from the Bears, but man, that was a heist. Yeah. Number one. Bobby. Uh, Bob. Was one, stays one, first on ESPN, and is not particularly close. Bobber. 
I'll see if I can remember that comment for next week. <laughs> so we talked about who was more fraudulent, Dobbs or the Broncos. Now let's just focus on the Josh Dobbs thing. Like one through ten, one, not at all. Ten, all in. Where is your belief that Josh Dobbs could be the Vikings quarterback or a starting quarterback of the future for a good team? I think we've clearly seen, pardon me, with his background, he's not going to elevate a crap team, but a team like the Vikings or kind of middle of the roadish. Where is your belief system that he could pilot that team for the next six to eight years? I'm I'm a little above at a at a six. But I'm really curious to see how he connects with Jefferson when Jefferson comes back. So I'm kind of open the, to the idea of going higher. But um, I think he can still be a, a you know serviceable quarterback on a on a on a quality team. I was actually going to say a six two. So very similar to Derek's point. Did someone say Hoyer, or is that PTSD? <laughs> Brian Hoyer is a legend, and he's still in the league, so it's not even prior stress. That's current traumatic stress. <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> yeah, Drew Stanton must just go to the golf course and just just really light up some cigars and how much they've been paid to do nothing. Hmm. Drew Stanton's a legend. You leave him alone. I love Drew Stanton, but he, he got paid a lot more money than he probably should have. Hey, hey. How about you I mean, you guys go walk up to each other and compare Super Bowl rings? Drew Stanton has a Super Bowl ring? Yes, he does. He was the backup for Tom Brady. They signed him right before the playoffs or during the playoffs. Good for him. Yep, but he got a Super Bowl ring. Lucas, where is your Justin, uh, <laughs> Justin, your Josh Dobbs take? Who? Ah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's, he's got his moment right now. Whether it lasts, I don't know. Like, how, we, we use, we had signed him to our practice squad three years ago. Like, that's how wanted he was as a talent in the NFL. He's yeah. doing good right now. Good on him. If he was a really excellent quarterback, he would have shown it by now. Uh, there's no such thing as a late bloomer. So enjoy your your time in the spotlight. Get as much money as you can, um, but he'll peter out. Hey, we've had a lot of people on the practice squad that turned out to be something. Kellen Moore, he's a coach now. Yeah, he's a great coach. Uh, uh, Boyle, he's a quarter. He's a starting quarterback this week. He is. Yeah. I think one thing I got to say about Josh Dobbs, like I, I didn't know this from his previous ones, like that guy's got some escapability. I think that's one of the things that's happening. So like if that gets compromised, he might be in trouble. But really, yeah, just watching teams try to chase him down the last couple of weeks is just it's been flat out entertaining. All right, lads, we're going to go to our la- our next to last portion of the night because I can only imagine what Alex is going to recommend at this point. All right. Let's get your predictions. Next week, or this week, Jacob of the Week, two, Junior's Fraudulent Team versus three, Steve's All-Americans. Alex, what do you have? Fraudulent Team-O, Team's going to win. 
Derek. I'll say Steve. Lucas. I'm going to say the All-American Juniors. <laughs> nice. I'm going to have a running back do something besides get injured in the first quarter this week. I'm going with me. All right. One, Bobber versus eight, Derek. Derek, who do you have? Oh, tough call. Derek. I'll say Bob. Derek before, Derek, before you answer, remember, <laughs> you have to believe in something to achieve it. Right? I, I already did answer, so I'll take that advice for next week, though. Thank you. Okay, well, now you lose. So I'm going to pick uh, the other guy, Bobby. Lucas. Bobby. Upset of the week, Derek. Four, Cam versus six, Kelly. Lucas, who do you have? Ooh. Um, well, I won't go against what I said earlier in that she's um, getting him at the right time, so I'll say Kelly. It really stinks that Minnesota's got the Monday night game, so we won't even, Cam won't have the option to play Justin Jefferson because you can't roll those dice, so. I will say Kelly as well. Alexander. I'm going to say Cam. Derek, round us out. Uh, just because of the speech that Alex gave Cam, I think he breaks a three-game losing streak and Cam wins. I mean, if God does spend a little more time on you, that is fair. Okay. Five, Xander versus seven, Matt. Uh, Lee Xander. Oh, wait, you, didn't, you said my name, but you didn't pick me to pick yet. I did not. Uh, yeah, Pat, just go to someone else. <laughs> I, I will go with myself first. Uh, I'm going to take you. Alex, you're also taking you, as we now know. Derek. Uh, yeah, I might have changed my mind. Oh, fine, Alex, who do you pick? Uh, I'm going to pick Alex. <laughs> Lucas is in a clean sweep. Uh, I'll go with, no, I'll go with Xander. <laughs> there it is. All right. And what we've all, I think, agreed is a playout game. Uh, nine senior versus ten. Carly, Alex, who stays alive to fight another week? Uh, senior. We've made up during the course of this podcast. I noticed your relationship is as strong as good, as strong as good ever. I appreciate that. Derek. Senior. Senior. Junior. <laughs> oh, we're not just saying words. Uh, no, I'm going to uh, pull a little reverse psychology for those of you who know psychology in the room and uh, go with Carly. I'm sorry, Lucas. I'm going to take senior. All right. So my recommendation for the week, just because we spent way too much time. Actually, no, we did not spend too much time talking about it. It was gold, the Sean Payton, Kevin James portion of the show. In that vein of those types of movies, the Rodney Dangerfield classic, Ladybugs. Go check it out. Is that the baseball one? Soccer. Yeah, that one. So, you know you know what I was talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the soccer one with Rodney Dangerfield. Okay. Does anybody else have a recommendation this week? Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield 1985 movie, Back to School. Yes. Keep it going. I have, I have a suggestion. Look up Rodney Dangerfield's name, and then, like me, you'll feel stupid thinking that that was his name he was born with. 
I think Lucas just wants to cry and go into a corner and be done with this. All right. Well, until until next week, Alex. May all your Funko Pops, Justin Herbert, Zach Wilson, and whoever else be strong and treat you well. So until then, please say goodnight to Gracie for me. Is she? Is her last name Dangerfield too? Bounce, 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 bounce